0: And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is the Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins. Here with me is our co-host, David Crozy. Hey, what's up? And we're excited to dive into all things online courses with you today. David, welcome to episode 108. Thank you. How are you doing, man? What's been going on the past week with you and your online course?
1: I'm doing fantastic. You know, This last week, my wife and I went on vacation to New Mexico, and we basically flew down there and did a little road trip around the state. And at the same time, I actually had my second launch of my course going. Uh, That started on Friday of last week. And so I was having a great time. We were hiking. We were mountain biking. Really great time sledding down white sand dunes. But I did come up with this idea that I'm super excited with. So last time I had my first launch, everybody that joined, I ended up sending them a little like, thanks a latte card with Starbucks card in it. Just five bucks. Just a little welcome to the course. But I was out for a mountain bike ride and I was like, I want to kick that up a notch. I want to do something more fun. And I'll tell you my first thought, I was like... I'm going to send these people some Superman underwear or some Wonder Woman underwear. And I was like, this is such a great idea. They're going to love it. It's going to be such a great way to welcome them to the course. And, you know, I'm truly teaching people how to public speak, which is something that's scary for a lot of people. So I thought, you know, if they're feeling scared, they can put on their underwear. But then there was that little logistical issue that I'd have to reach out to females that joined my course and ask them for their waist size. So. Was doing some brainstorming. I'm like, how? I don't know about how that's going to go. But ultimately, I did research so you can get actual Superman and Wonder Woman socks that have a cape on the back. And so that's the plan. They're like nine bucks from Amazon. And anybody that joins my course is going to get a pair of those socks. And on Wednesday this week, I got my first sale. So the open card is from Tuesday through Sunday evening. So I'm excited. That's still, I mean, when the notification goes off, it still is very much like, you know, a happy dance for me.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So that's the first sale of this particular launch. Overall, that's thirty something sales, I think, something in that ballpark, right? Um,
1: maybe about half that many.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there, David. No, no problems, but, dude. I love the underwear idea, and yeah, logistically that'd be pretty tough with the waist size and everything. Whereas socks are more one size fit all. So I love that. I love that. I love that. because you know when you're public speaking, people always tell you, "Hey, think of people in their underwear," right? And then I assume that's part of the correlation with the underwear. And then you're also saying, oh, you know, super woman, super man. I love it. That's really cool. Now, quick follow up. How do you have these people's physical addresses?
1: Well, these are all chiropractors, so I can just send it to their clinic. Oh,
0: sneaky, sneaky.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it should be fun. What about you? What have you been up to?
0: Man, I went on a little trip myself as well. Before I tell you about that, I'm going to let the listeners and you know, A couple of just little insights into the world of Jacques or things about me and my personality. I'm very, I get cold very easily. It's very cold outside right now. It's like maybe 58 degrees and I'm all bundled up and I've got a little space heater going right here. And I'm worried that the space heater might be affecting the sound quality right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit this button right now and turn it off. So you're going to hear a little beep. It's going to turn off in a second. And I apologize for any sound quality issues going into this, but that's why. I have a space heater going. And despite the cold, I'm obsessed with iced coffee as well. So even though I'm freezing, I'm still drinking iced coffee. It is one of my favorite drinks. So I'm taking a sip of that right now as well. And I just got back from a week-long trip to the beach where I did absolutely nothing for my business, for my online course. Things ran along absolutely fine. And one great thing about the trip that I'll share that we were able to do is we do this trip. I think I mentioned it last episode. We do this trip every year. We've done it. This is our eighth year. We go with a bunch of different couples. We go to the same place. We have a blast, but we usually go for like three or four days. And because I have an online business, an online course, and I don't have a boss, and I don't have to be anywhere at any particular time, this time, me and my family stayed an extra three days. And we had an amazing time, just the four of us, me and my wife and my two kids, sticking around, not having to leave on that Sunday morning like everybody else because they had to go back to work. And that is, things like this are the reason that I wanted to have an online business and not work my full-time job as an electrical engineer for the rest of my life. It's something small staying at the beach for an additional three days. It's small, but I'm able to do things like this over and over and over again. And it's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And I love hearing, yeah, freedom is where it's at. And it's really cool what you're able to do.
0: Yes, it is. So before we get too far, David, I've got to tell people about the sponsor of this podcast. You know, This podcast is all about tools that we use as online course creators. And a lot of times, the sponsor of these podcasts are going to be a tool because, hey, they go hand in hand with online courses a lot of time. And today's sponsor is, of course, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite all-time online course tools. And you'll hear a lot more about it throughout this episode. That is Bonjoro. They are the sponsor of this episode. Bonjoro allows me to easily and quickly send a short thank you video to everyone that buys my course. Each morning I log into the Bonjoro app and a task is right there waiting for me for everyone that bought my piano course the day before. And then I can just go in and hit record on a particular name, record a short personal video, hit send, repeat the process until I'm done. And it literally takes me about two minutes each day. And it's just really powerful for that new student. So you out there listening can get started with a 14-day free trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Go check out Bonjoro. So David, I've probably sent 2,500 of these Bonjoros. I think you're starting to use it yourself, aren't you?
1: I am, yeah. The last time that I did my launch, I had 11 people sign up and I sent a Bonjoro to each of them. And the feedback from them was awesome. People really, you could just, like you said, about half of them wrote notes and just really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Big fan, big fan. I only promote things on the podcast and, well, anywhere I promote things that I actually use. I think that's very important. And Bonjoro absolutely fits that. So if you're not using it out there, give it a shot. 14-day free trial. All right. So let's transition into kind of the core content of today. We're talking about tools today and for that main conversation I was joined by a couple of uh, repeat guests. You're very familiar with Nate Dotson who's been on many many episodes here and then Abby Ashley who is incredibly successful with online courses. In fact, you'll hear in the in the actual conversation she is going to be doing, you know, I just hit 1 million dollars all-time sales for my piano course. She's going to do 1 million dollars in sales on her course just this year. Just this year alone, like she's she's absolutely killing it. So I wanted to bring in a couple of course creators who are doing just really really well with online courses, with their own online courses, to talk about tools. So that's why I invited Nate and Abby. And uh, just real quick, just overall thoughts before we jump into it. What would you think the the conversation about tools,
1: David? Oh, I thought it was amazing. Tons of high value tools that I didn't know about, and of course, you know, just some crack out loud moments. So it was funny. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you liked it, man.
0: It was a pleasure talking with them about tools. That's one of my favorite topics to get into. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and play the conversation with Nate and Abby and myself about tools for everybody. And we'll jump back together on the back end. Let's get into it right now. Abby, Nate, welcome back to the Online Core Show. Hey. <laughs> Guys, appreciate you joining me here for this episode on tools. Before we get into some of our favorite tools, I want to get an update for both of you. Obviously, both of you have been on the podcast and both very successful online course creators. So, let's start with you, Abby. What's been going on in the last like year since you've been on with your online course?
2: Yeah, this has been a heck of a year. Things are good. You know, I'm really I really believe that people are who are just persistent and stick with it are the people that'll find success, and that's kind of been my story. I feel like I've been doing this a long time, and this past year has been one of the years that things have just really, really picked up. So, you know, I do two big launches of my course every year. And then I've also I have an evergreen funnel that's really like rocking and rolling right now. Really just optimizing those two things has been the majority of my year this year. And uh, yeah, it's really starting to take off.
0: I think the last time we talked on the podcast, you were also focused on maybe a couple of launches a year. Plus, when you weren't launching, you were still doing evergreen. So it sounds like that a lot has changed in terms of your methodology. Is that fair to say?
2: Nope, I am definitely in the like, keep it simple camp. So just do the same thing over and over because I'm reaching new people all the time. And I can tweak my systems. And I really like that. I'm, you know, I have family and kids. And so I'm like coming up with new ideas. But I really, really try to release them very slowly.
0: (laughs) I'm very curious about what tools you're currently using for that evergreen funnel. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Are you still on pace for like a record year here, maybe a seven-figure year?
2: Yeah, I will definitely. I mean, things would have to go terribly wrong for me not to hit seven figures this year, which I'm really excited for. This will be So like past 365 days, I've hit a million dollars, but as far as this year, you know, in a calendar year, this will be my first calendar year to hit that. So I'm really, really pumped.
0: Wow. That is no small feat. I recently crossed over seven figures all time in for piano in 21 days. And that's that was a uh, momentous occasion on my side. But here you are in just the past 365 days, seven figures. It's uh, really incredible. All right. Nate, what's been going on with you the uh, past, what, four, six months since you've been on the podcast?
3: Oh, uh, well... It's basically been trying, I was really trying to scale it up and grow the business and it all just kind of fell apart, kind of all unraveled. Just losing people and not being able to actually build the systems to deliver the content like I wanted. So I haven't been putting out content.
0: Now when you say losing people, that's like people working for you, not students. Yeah,
3: people working for me, not being able to keep them on. So then just like getting bogged down and trying to find people.
0: I know Um, somebody who's, who's actually knows a lot about that yeah' Abby
3: <laughs> yeah that i I need people that's for sure.
0: Why do you think that happens? I mean, things were going really well last time you were on, and they're not going horribly right now. I know that, but what do you think you could have done to prevent going backwards?
3: Well, in certain circumstances, it might have just been hiring the the wrong person from the beginning, but it was also stuff that was completely beyond my control, like someone adopting Eskimo baby, you know that had congenial heart defects it's like you know she couldn't continue to work and it just made perfect sense you know but it's also about like finding enough for the people to keep them busy and keep them engaged i had someone that was working for me that i think they just were bored you know it just wasn't enough complexity or challenge for
0: them well i think um but overall you still have kind of the same evergreen funnel going on your side and people are still buying your course. It's just that it sounds like it's a little more overwhelming than you would like because you have more responsibilities, things are a little over the place, and I know you're actively trying to hire one or two people right now because of those losses that you've had.
3: Yeah, and I've just gotten real distracted in my personal life, moving my family twice this year and buying a bunch of rental properties and just not staying on course dialed in with the business, but my strength isn't like <laughs> Being the COO and scaling the business and systems and all this stuff, I've always just kind of like used you as a crutch to really help me do that. And my skill, real skill, is like the visionary stuff, like coming up with big ideas. And I've come up with one of those recently that I think is just going to completely revolutionize like my business and the entire industry. That's a big breakthrough. I'm very, very confident, and it's going to deliver for me. So. That's kind of a new thing that I'm really excited about.
0: Then thanks for the updates, guys. Let's move on and jump into our favorite tools because that's what we are here to talk about today. That's one of the questions I try to ask just about everybody that comes on the podcast. like, What are some of your favorite tools? Because without tools, it would be really hard to do what we do and be successful with online courses. I know when I got started back in 2013, I struggled to find the right tools. Like Even finding like a software tool to host my course and have it behind a password-protected wall was difficult because a lot of those types of tools didn't really exist. It was kind of a challenge. Um, But today, there's some really fun tools out there. And I know all three of us like them. So I want to start by going over a recent list that I made. I put out a video recently called the top 10 tools for online course creators. That's my personal list. So I want to go through each of those and see what you guys think about those. And then we'll hit some of yours that are not on that list. So most people know by listening to this podcast, and you guys might know this as well, the number one on my list is ClickFunnels. I use ClickFunnels for hosting my course, for all my landing pages, my funnels, almost everything. One thing I don't like about ClickFunnels would be their email autoresponder. So I don't use it for that. For all the features that I use, it's $97 a month. I'm a big fan. Abby, I think you used to use it. Don't use it anymore. What are your thoughts on ClickFunnels?
2: You know, I think everybody has to try all the different things out there to see what's going to be the best fit for them. Click funnels just never like clicked for me. Like it just, it, I always felt like I was piecing it together. I had a lot of technical issues. It just, things would go wrong and it would be on their side and it like, we wouldn't get notified about it. Like I just felt like, And I know so many people who are like diehard ClickFunnels fans. So obviously, it works really, really well for some people. But I think my user experience just wasn't as good. And so I kind of went an alternative route. And that has worked really well for me. So like I fell into more of I use Teachable to host my course. And then I build my landing pages via lead pages and all my sales pages and things like that. So that's just kind of what I found to be the best system. It means that I kind of patchwork my favorite systems together. So again, I use a different system for emails. I actually use a different payment processing system too. And I piece them all together because I like all of those systems and they work really well together for me. So yeah, it's a little bit different.
0: It sounds like you've found multiple things to replace... Funnels, and sometimes that's a problem because then you have to get everything to work together. But it sounds like what you've got set up working really well for you.
2: Yeah, it works really well. We just use Zapier to integrate everything, and so I think it's a little bit more expensive. But again, it's what I know it's more expensive, but it's what has really worked for me.
0: Now, I think the last time you were on, you were like transitioning out of ClickFunnels, so you were still using some parts of it, some not. I think you were executing your evergreen webinar through ClickFunnels right mm-hmm. so do do you still have an evergreen webinar today, and if so, what are you yeah. using for that?
2: Yeah. So it is basically a, I mean, you sign up via a Lead Pages landing page, and then it leads you to an automatic webinar. So it's a pre recorded training. And I advertise it as a pre recorded training. Like, I don't try to say, like, this is really live or anything like that. So I don't need any of that software that says that. I think people don't need all of that. They just want the training. And so it's actually like a Vimeo video that's just embedded into the landing page. And then from there, we use Deadline Funnel to use like scarcity. And I love Deadline Funnel. So that's been really good for me. And then during live launches, we also embed a chat so we can chat with people who are going through that. And eventually, I want to put that in Evergreen as well, have it where people could chat with us live. It's just not something that we're like ready for as a team yet.
0: So whether the webinar is Evergreen and pre-recorded or it's live, that's still a lead pages page you're embedding the video on?
2: Yep. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Maybe. It works. <laughs> How do you feel about ClickFunnels?
3: I'm still happy with ClickFunnels. For me, it's once I learn a system, like the cost of switching is so high because I'm real slow to learn tech stuff that I'm just happy to stick with it. I'm I'm using it for landing pages, sales pages, order forms, and my membership area. And my audience is really just there for the entertainment. Or not for the entertainment, for the information like I don't try and fancy up any of my stuff. And ClickFunnels is pretty bare bones, but it it allows me to get the information across. And a lot of my customers too are older. They just don't care about real slick user interfaces. So it's been working great. Is there
0: anything that you don't like about it?
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't like that. I can't do an affiliate program because I have a bunch of... I have my funnel going through different domain names. So I kind of screwed myself on that.
0: I don't like their affiliate setup. I'm using it and I'm using it to moderate success. It works, but there are some weird things about it. I don't disagree there. What What are you using for your affiliate program, Abby?
2: So again, I pulled in another tool. So we do all of our payment processing through SamCart. And I love SamCart. It's literally just checkout pages and affiliates, but somebody can, I could send somebody to just my homepage and they can get cookied with like somebody's affiliate. Like I don't have to send them directly to the page I want, you know, that they're going to buy from. I can set individual affiliate links. So, and that's one of the reasons, I mean, I really love Teachable as my course platform, but, and they've even like tried to get me to switch over to their payment processing. And they've done a lot of updates. Like I know that Teachable is really, really working hard on like their checkout process because they realize that a lot of people are using a different payment processor. But again, it's one of those things that, oh my goodness, it would be so much work at this point for me to, to switch to something else. So yeah, it works really, really well. I, I really like Sam Cart's checkout experience. They also have like upsells kind of integrated into it. So you can do upsells, downsells, add-ons, all of that kind of stuff. And then their affiliate program, I really enjoy as well.
0: Now the actual money, is that still getting processed by Stripe? Or is that processed by SamCart?
2: It's Stripe still.
0: It's Stripe. Okay. So does lead pages not have the order forms being able to check out?
2: They might, but they wouldn't have all the affiliate stuff and all of that that I like through (laughs) SamCart.
0: You see, this is the reason that I recommend ClickFunnels for people because you you've got a working system, but it's literally five different things.
2: Oh yeah. Together.
0: Is. Which is fine if that's what's works for you. But most of the time when people are just starting out, especially, like it's nice yeah. to have all five of those things like in one place.
2: Definitely. And I still recommend people try out ClickFunnels because it is such like an all in one solution. For me, it was worth it to switch. <laughs> mm. I disliked my experience that much. I'm sure things have improved, but yeah, that and was th- just that was it for me. <laughs>
0: Historically, one of the bad things has been their support, but I can tell you that that's significantly better than it used to be. Another thing that I don't particularly like about ClickFunnels is their membership experience. Right, Teachable is way better. It's just very simple. Not a lot of features. They keep saying that they're going to improve it and teasing it. But then like just recently, they made this big announcement how they're doubling down on being a sales funnel company and not trying to focus on everything. So we'll see where that goes. Maybe one day, eventually, I'll take my course out of ClickFunnels. They really haven't done a lot of updating in the past year or two. But once again, it's nice to have everything there in one place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Next, let's talk about email autoresponders because second on my list is Active Campaign. I've tried several of them and that's my favorite. What are you using, Abby?
2: I use ConvertKit. It's interesting because we're using all different tools, but I think that's good, you know. Yeah, so I've, I'm a huge ConvertKit fan. I love it so much. You know, you're smiling. No one can see. No, con- listening, c- but you're smiling.
0: ConvertKit is really, really, really popular. In fact, they, I mean, they reached out to me about you know possibly sponsoring this podcast, and I was like, nah, I'm kind of an active campaign guy. I think they're big with like influencers and bloggers, and because they're one of the newer ones, relatively. Like, why do you think they've gotten so popular?
2: Their customer service is pretty amazing. Like I think they've made this like little community out of it. Like you really feel like you are a part of a community. They have a conference every year that I it's literally my favorite conference in the whole entire world. It's in Boise, Idaho. So I go all the way to Boise for this amazing conference. Wait, um, hold
0: on. Is that is that where headquarters are for ConvertKit? Yeah. That's where is, ClickFunnels is too. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> Which is funny.
2: But yeah, I like the user experience. They're really proactive on feedback. So like I've probably like six months ago, I said, hey, it'd be really helpful if there was kind of like a search feature when I, looking through my old emails, like if I'm trying to find an old email, literally like two days later, they had it integrated into the system. Wow. Like I've been really, really impressed with that. So I think it's newer and it's, you know, newer. I mean, there's even there's new ones that are popping up. Even still, people are talking all about like Flowdesk right now in my community. That's like new kid on the block. So for me, ConvertKit's still old. But yeah, I I don't know. I really like it. I think it still has its little bugs every once in a while. But I see them make changes. Like, I think that's a big thing too, is that if a company is willing to take feedback and, you know, realize that they can still improve, that means a lot to me.
3: Did you switch to convertkit from another like good email autoresponder program before that?
2: I mean, back in the day when I had like 200 email subscribers, I used Mailchimp. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think Mailchimp and Aweber would be the two places people typically start because yeah. um, they're pretty popular and they're pretty inexpensive. I think Mailchimp's even free when, when you're under a certain level. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I started with Aweber because I was when I was just getting started, I was following Pat Flynn, and that's what he would always recommend.
3: Yeah, I feel like I've heard a lot of good buzz around ConvertKit, but nothing specific like that really stands out of what makes it so amazing. I people the
0: community, Nate, the community. Yeah.
2: I'm sure all other email systems probably do just as good as far as like the technical aspect. And I've actually ActiveCampaign is the one that I usually tell people like at, once you're ready to upgrade from like the free stuff, look at ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign. Those are the two that I usually send people to cuz those are the two that I feel like people like the most.
0: Yeah. When I was looking to switch a few years ago, everybody would say that Infusionsoft was like the biggest and the best one, but it was super, super hard to use and confusing, right? Confusionsoft. And so to me, it seemed like ActiveCampaign was the best middle ground between where I was with AWeber and not having to go all the way to Infusionsoft. Nate, which one are you on?
3: I'm on ActiveCampaign. You sent me there, so I've stayed there. (laughs) Let's
0: move on to number three on the list. Bonjoro. What I have on the list. Listeners of this podcast have heard me talk about that plenty. Every time somebody signs up for my course, the next day they will get a Bonjoro from me, which is just like a 20-second video of me calling them out by name and welcoming them to the course to either of you use Bonjoro.
3: No, I don't use Bonjoro. I've wanted to do it. And now while you're saying that, I'm wondering why you couldn't just do that with like Loom screen recorder or something.
0: Bonjoro makes it easy. That's why you would use something like Bonjoro. So what happens is with Zapier, and I think they actually natively integrate with Active Campaign now, but I still have it set up through Zapier. Anytime somebody buys my course, there's a webhook in Active Campaign. It goes and creates the task in Bonjoro. Every morning, I log in and I can see the tasks inside of Bonjoro for those who purchased the course the day before. I click one button, I'm starting to record. It can be on my PC or my phone. And then... It's got everything from the CRM from Active Campaign is built in, right? It tells me which package they bought, what their name is, what their email, a little bit more information about them. I like to say their name and then maybe one other like thing that's just for them, just so they know 100% it's not automated. Because if I'm going to take the time to do it, I want them to know that yeah. I did that. And so you can absolutely do it with Loom. I know uh, people that do that with Loom, but they're not getting as many like signups as, as I am. So it's a little easier. Abby, have you heard of Bonjour?
2: Yeah. So I have Bonjoro. I love Bonjoro. And what I love most about Bonjoro is the fact that they just released a new feature called Roll Ups. Have you Mm -hmm. seen that? Yeah, I have. Because I am the queen at getting behind on my Bonjoros and it'll be like two weeks and I'm like, ah, crap, I have like 40 of these to do. (laughs) And so I'm like really, really bad at keeping up with them. So they've done this new thing called roll-ups where if you miss a bunch of them, then you can go and do one blanket message and then get back to doing the personalized ones. And so I'm going to do that soon (laughs) because... I'm really, really behind, but I love it. Like I love the idea of Bonjoros. I love the concept, but if anyone listening it's not my course in like the past two months, you probably haven't gotten one and I apologize because I got really behind and once you're behind, then it's it's bad news. So
0: yeah, that's true. They collect up. I mean, I told you this Abby. I went on a Disney cruise with my family recently and it's, it was pretty hard to keep up with the Bonjoros over that week, you know, without an internet connection. so I definitely got them backed up at the end. But me sending those to people is really important to me. And the reason is, is because of the way that I personally felt when I received one from Pat Flynn, mm-hmm. when I signed up for his podcasting course, when I, back when I started this podcast a couple, two and a half years ago, it just felt amazing that he would take the time to send me a personal video. And I wanted my students to feel you know even a 10th that way uh, when they're getting started with my course. And so even when I am backed up, I try to not take advantage of that roll-up feature. And I just, I love it. I've sent probably 2,500 of those bonjouros over the past couple of years, and I don't have any plans to stop doing it.
2: Really curious how many I have right now that are sitting there.
0: (laughs) They sent me, once I sent a thousand of them, they sent me a bear suit in the mail.
2: What? That's so cool.
0: Yeah, I wore it. Now I'm motivated
2: to get them done. Yeah, (laughs)
0: for sure. I
3: want to know like what both of you say, and does it generate like quite a bit more... Support because you're having to reply to these people. Then, do you are you like generating conversation or what do you say so you're not getting a bunch of extra work to do after?
0: Well, Nate, some of us have people managing our emails for us.
3: (laughs) Well, I did for a while.
0: So, what I say in my videos, it's honestly, I've gotten it down to about 12 seconds per bonjour. I say, Hey, John, this is Jacques. Just wanted to personally welcome you to Piano in 21 Days. Thanks for signing up for the ultimate package. You know, I try to say which package they signed up for uh good luck and let me know if you need anything or look forward to chatting with you more as you go through the course something like that. Do they usually reply to that? Uh, yeah, half the people probably reply of some sort and a lot of times it's just thanks, you know, awesome that you would do that yourself or you know, people are pretty blown away in their responses. It's rarely like a support request right off the bat like that. It's normally just a thank you.
3: It just sends this video to them in their email?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, you just click on it and then it opens up the Bonjour page with your video and it'll start playing. Cool. Works really well
2: you're encouraging me to do them again part of the problem is that sometimes let's be honest most days i don't shower till like three o'clock and so i feel like they're getting a video with my hair is just all like crazy over to the side and greasy and i you know i'm like it's
0: real life it's real life happy let it, it happen It is real life nobody cares
2: yeah it's true i feel like it's a little different for men to say that but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i need my heart to look good <laughs>
0: Next on my list, who's actually come up already, Zapier. I'm not sure what I would do without Zapier. I do a lot of things with it. Or it does a lot of things for me. Let's be honest.
2: Zapier is one of the things that I wish I didn't need it. But of course, obviously, with me having like a million different tools, I mean, it does. It makes life so much easier. Actually, it's not working again. So I need to go back and fix it. But... For a while I had it I had a zap set up for every time somebody bought my course my phone would go ching and that was like a really cool feeling <laughs> I need to go yeah. set that back up
0: I had that set up at one point as well but it got to be I think a little obnoxious for my wife and for uh, <laughs> for even for me like distraction like you know because I was making so many sales no I don't know I felt like it was something that would interrupt me from doing things and so I turned it off but that is certainly one use of it kind of fun So if somebody's not familiar with it, it connects... We're talking about tools here. So it connects just about any tool to another tool. So if two tools don't natively connect to each other, then usually you can use Zapier to connect them. Um, For example, when somebody opts in for my free piano workbook, they immediately go to a type form survey... To where I'm just asking them some questions like, Have you ever tried to learn piano before? Do you have a piano already? Things like that. And those answers automatically get into Active Campaign via Zapier. But for example, about two weeks ago, they released a native integration between Active Campaign and Typeform. And so I no longer need Zapier, but it's kind of a pain to go in there and turn it off and set up the native integration. But that's kind of what happens. It's like Zapier will sit there in, in the middle until the integration actually exists between the two. Nate, are you using Zapier?
3: I'm just using Zapier for one thing. I think it's you set it up for me. It sends sales to a spreadsheet for me, but I don't like the idea of these things all communicating with each other. Like it just sounds like more complexity, and it's just more stuff that can break. So I want to try and avoid communication between apps as much as possible.
0: You are a weird dude. Yeah,
2: You're one like opposite you- on the spectrum, Nate.
3: I know, <laughs> seriously, I'm
2: like all oh, the apps. <laughs> Give me all of them.
0: One thing I like about Zapier so much is it it usually works really really well. Like I rely on it a lot and it almost never breaks, knock on wood. But to me like it's automation and you know I was an automation engineer for about 8 years. I love automation and there's no human interaction when a zap fires to me that's that's less errors, not more errors.
3: Yeah, I mean there's not a lot that I think I'm doing right now that I could have it do.
0: Yeah. Uh, So the sales spreadsheet is something that I set up that I shared with you. Every time somebody buys my course, and I guess your course as well, all the data about that person goes on a row in a spreadsheet. So I literally have sales data from the past two and a half years on this one spreadsheet. It's really nice. And I know, you know, if they're a man or a woman, their age and so on. And then I can, you know, that way I can go see how many sales per month I've had. And it's just a lot of great data to have. A couple of other things I'm doing with Zapier would be that's how I get. Data from Stripe, like when somebody pays me over to FreshBooks, my accounting software. Like I don't know of another way to do that besides Zapier. In order to do that,
2: I do the same thing with a spreadsheet. So we have I have mine broken down my month by month, but I track all my cells in a spreadsheet, and then we have like a couple formulas in there to kind of see like which percentage of students are doing the payment plan versus pay in full. What's our refund percentage? I can like put in how much if I spent anything on ads and it'll like do my cost per lead and all of that stuff. So I have, but the Zapier is what like actually puts that information all into the spreadsheet. And then another thing that I've been using it for, which we just talked about like a week or two ago, Jacques was. For my Facebook group, Mm -hmm. I have this new tool that I'm using called Group Funnels, which I really, really like. And I can ask in the questions for people to enter my Facebook group, I can ask them, Hey, do you want my checklist and starter kit? If so, drop your email below. And when they drop their email, this tool called Group Funnels automatically puts that into a spreadsheet. And then Zapier will take that spreadsheet, integrate it to my email software. So every person that joins my group has the opportunity to join my email list at that point and I'm getting, you know, a couple hundred email subscribers every few days just from that integration. A
0: couple hundred every few days? Are you serious? How big's your group?
2: We're about to hit 40,000.
0: Oh my goodness. So that's wow. just your free Facebook group around mm-hmm. your niche? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Ever since you told me about that tool, I haven't signed up for it yet. But ever since you told me about it, I added the question when people joined my group about getting email. And I started looking into the tool and it's not super nice because you have to have Zapier and you have to have a spreadsheet and this and that. So I'm like, I don't need this tool. I don't need to spend $300. But now I'm backed up on my approvals because I have to manually go in and and take the email address. So I've got like seven... I've been getting a couple of people added per day. So I've got like seven or eight email addresses just sitting there waiting for me or people waiting to be approved, enter the group so that I can take their email and put it into my into active campaign. Because I think once I click approve, I don't see that email. anymore. No,
2: then it's, then it's gone. Yeah. So I was for a while having a VA do that, like take the email and mm. and just drop it in. I would just have her drop it into like our landing page, you know, just so it would fire off everything automatically as if they signed up. But yeah, because I also have a landing page for my Facebook group. So like, if you go to my website to join my Facebook group, like if you go to my website, there's a portion that says join my Facebook group. It actually doesn't take you straight to the group. It takes you to a landing page. And it's like, hey, get access to the group. And then they fill out an email and it'll send them like kind of a follow up sequence about like, here's the link to the group. Did you get in? So before when I was doing it manually, I was having somebody put them into like that landing page sequence, but I'm not doing that anymore.
0: So let me ask you this. With group funnels, can you do more than move just email addresses? Like, If I want to ask them, like, do you have an online course already? Can I put that answer in a spreadsheet and then move it with Zapier to ActiveCampaign as well? Or is it just for email addresses?
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure you could do that because you can move all the information goes to the spreadsheet. So as long as you could take that as a zap, that should work. Yeah.
0: Nate, I was telling you about group funnels the other day, because I know you have a pretty lively free Facebook group as well. That, that sounds like a good lead generation method there, what Abby has set up.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think I forgot to like write that down on my to-dos, but it's definitely something I want to do. Right now, I pretty much just say, do you want a free ebook over my website, microgreensfarmer.com? Is that helpful? And a lot of people say, yes, awesome. <laughs> or I say, "Like, did you sign up or something? They're all, a lot of people do, but this sounds way better.
0: It does. It does. I think it's just a one-time fee of two ninety-seven, if I remember correctly. Whereas most of the tools we're talking about here come with a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, I think we're all using and love is Deadline Funnel. I don't know. Like a lot of these tools have competitors and alternatives, but I don't know of a good alternative to Deadline Funnel. Abby, are you aware of one?
2: Not any tool that provides like the true scarcity factor. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't use that. I just use like motion mail and my, to do an email timer. It's like, well, that's cool. If you're doing like a live launch and you're going to manually take down all the pages and stuff, but especially for Evergreen, it's like, yeah, to be able to like say, hey, this is going away and then actually have it go away. Like, I don't know of any other tool that does that.
0: I remember probably not long after I signed up for ClickFunnels, I was trying to set up some like an evergreen funnel, and they had built-in timers. And I think one of the widgets is even called like an evergreen countdown inside of ClickFunnels, but it wasn't doing actual scarcity like I wanted it to. And I think I posted in the ClickFunnels Facebook group back then or something, and that's when I heard about Deadline Funnel. And I think originally I thought it was associated with ClickFunnels because it had the word funnel in the name, but I ended up signing up back several years ago, and I've been using it ever since. I love it and. I just assumed that maybe the creator was some like sleazy, scammy kind of guy making a software like that. But, you know, he came on the podcast and just a wealth of information and totally not just the greatest guy, Jack Bourne was on episode number 96. And it's been one of my favorite episodes so far. And now, you know, I'm even a bigger believer in Deadline Funnel now that I've gotten to talk to Jack.
2: He's a real deal and he's like so giving. We got on a phone call once. I don't actually even remember what we were chatting about, but we got on a call and he was just like just pouring out all this information. It was like, if you ever need this, you ever need this, you ever need this?" I'm like, how are you so cool? Like he's a really, really good guy.
0: Nate, are you a fan of Deadline Funnel?
3: Oh yeah, I've been using it for a long time and works wonderfully. It's easy to set up for a quick launch or to integrate into a longer automated sequence it seems like their user interface has just gotten more user friendly and cleaner and done some really nice updates in the last year.
0: Have you guys ever had a, a big issue with deadline funnel not working? I think so.
3: I did one time. Yeah. I had yeah, an I've... issue one time where there things were getting stuck. They were like overwhelmed and it was taking extra time and, and they told me to give like an eight hour buffer or something between when people opted in and when they got their first email that had a tag or whatever.
0: I, I say that because one of the things I like most about deadline funnel is because it normally works and it's like it's amazing how much I rely on it. Like people are going through deadline funnel every single day in my evergreen funnel. And, you know, even if it broke one day, that could mean two, three, four sales that don't actually happen. And so I'm really impressed by how robust the system is that they built. Yeah. All right, next on my list is right message. Either of you using right message?
2: I don't think I even know
0: what it is. All right, here we go. This is a first. Neither one of you know what it is. Brennan Dunn is the creator of Right Message. He is kind of a segmentation guy. He started the website, I think it's doubleyourfreelancing.com, something like that. And he did you know a really great job of implementing segmentation on that site and making it super automated and making it super successful. And then he created some software called Right Message, which helps with segmentation and it's a little different today than I think the way he originally designed it. I think originally the big feature was that you could customize web pages based on who was looking at it. Like you could customize a headline; um, it could be different based on who the segment of people was. But now one of the biggest features of Write Message is you can survey your customers on your website. So a little widget pops up like in the bottom right, and you can just ask a question. Like for example, if you go to theonlinecourseguide.com, I ask you something to the effect of "Do you have an online course yet?" or "What's the status of your online course?" There's three different options. No, I don't have an online course yet. I have an online course, and it's making less than five hundred dollars a month. I have an online course, and it's making more than five hundred dollars a month. And that's really, you know, depending on somebody's answer to that, I can serve them in a totally different way. And so that information then goes into my into active campaign, and I can pitch the right things to the right people. You know, Pat Flynn uses it. I've seen the widget on a lot of different places. I think it's becoming more and more popular. And it's just a really good tool for segmentation.
3: After they select their segment, does it pop them to a landing page? And then that's how you would capture that information?
0: It can. So if somebody's already on your email list, and they're browsing the page and then answer, it'll feed back in. And then if they're not on your email list yet, and they answer, and then eventually, probably within the next 30 days, if they do get on your email list, then it'll... I don't know the exact term, cash or cookie or whatever. It'll save that information and then put it in there once they are in your email list. That's okay. the idea behind it. It's
2: pretty cool. That's pretty cool.
0: Check yeah. it out, guys. All right, next. I don't doubt you guys are using this one either. Next on the list is pick snippets.
2: I don't think I know this one, but I have a feeling I know what it does. Tell what me do you what think it does. It does? I mean, is it just like like a screen capturing software? Okay.
0: No, so when somebody signs up for my email list, the very first email is just a welcome email. Hey, I'm Jacques. Excited to teach you piano. And you know, at the bottom is the link to the workbook and whatnot. But in the middle is a picture of me at my keyboard holding up this big white sign and it says welcome and then your first name in handwritten looks like handwritten marker. Very cool. Cool. <laughs> it's so it's so cool. You know, my funnel. Everything that I have set up is so automated and I absolutely love it. But if I can kind of break through that automated barrier a couple of times throughout the process, I'm all for it. So with the Bonjouros, that's one of the reasons I like doing Bonjouros so much is because everything is so automated. If that is rubbing people the wrong way and they're like, I'm not sure about this guy or not. Let me sign up, but I'll probably request a refund. But then they come through and they see that I am a real person and that I am acknowledging their existence. That's great. Pick snippets is similar. It's still automated though, which is kind of cool. And I'm sure half the people don't think I actually wrote their name on a board and hold it up. But even if they understand it's automated, it's still really cool. And it's only about $20 a month. It's not super expensive. And I think it's super neat. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Next on my list is FreshBooks. It's not like my favorite tool ever, but of the accounting software I've tried, I think it's the best. Abby, what are you using for accounting software?
2: So I'm terrible at all things, math numbers, accounting, all of the above. So I mean, my accountant uses is just QuickBooks. And I have an amazing accountant and an amazing bookkeeper. But I literally, I know it's not software, but my bookkeeper is like one of those people that you tell the world about because he is so good. (laughs) So good. So I feel like I should shout him out. It's Evolved Finance. And literally, so they do bookkeeping like just for, I mean, really just for like online business owners, but namely course creators. And so they know so many insights about the online course field. So he'll literally like, I get a video message every month after they've done my books. And he's like, Hey, so you know, you sent this percentage on this, this percentage on this, it looks like if you're feeling a little overloaded, it looks like your team percentage is actually down, you could probably afford to hire another person. Or it looks like, you know, he's always like, because I spend like less than 1% on marketing, because I don't really run ads. And so he's like, Okay, it's time to beef up ads. (laughs) And so that kind of stuff like he actually gives me insight because he's looking at the books of tons of different course creators so it's not a tool but i had to give them a shout out cuz they're so good
0: no that's helpful i don't think Nate nor myself have an actual bookkeeper can you give me your pitch for why we should have a bookkeeper
2: i mean if you're the kind of person that can do your own books then i don't think you need to but literally like my books were a mess i had no system i had no it was it was pretty bad before i, I would- hired them
0: what does doing your own books look like? Because I've never had a bookkeeper. So I have things set up is with FreshBooks and Zapier and Stripe, my invoices automatically get... like The money I receive via Stripe, that automatically gets created as a payment inside of FreshBooks. So that's there automatically. And then my expenses all go through my link credit card, which then those show up as expenses automatically. And I'll just do quality checks every couple of days to make sure things look good, there's not a lot of intervention I need to do.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't have that set up for one. So I guess part of it is that and just allocating things for the right spot. Like I am also I'm really bad at all the gray areas. I'm like, so I'm going on this trip, and I'm going to a conference, but I'm also spending three days at Disneyland. And like, he's just like the kind of person that I can ask those kinds of questions to like where what is and what is not business expense, he gives me the reports afterwards. So, I mean, if you have your own system that works for your bookkeeping, I guess you don't need one. But I felt like I needed an actual person.
0: Well, that personal advice is is valuable. Do you have a separate accountant as well?
2: Yeah. So I have somebody that does my taxes also.
0: So tell me what that site was again.
2: Evolved Finance. How
3: much does that run to hire a bookkeeper?
2: I think his prices are on his site. He has... Different packages. So, one that's just like the bookkeeping, one that includes a video message from him when they reconcile your books, and then one that includes like a meeting. So, I do the video message. And then he also has started, and I think that's with the middle tier is what it's included, but you get. Like once a month, any of his clients that want to can come to a meeting and we literally like talk about our books together. Like it's like an open conversation about our finances and profit. And just honestly, a lot of it's the accountability. Like I'm naturally a spender. So for somebody to, if you can't tell from all of my, software. I'm naturally a spender. So for somebody to be like, Hey, like your business profit is here. And I know it can be here to have that accountability really helps me too.
0: Nate, that sounds like something that might be a good fit for you in your business. It definitely sounds like something I
3: need. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I mentioned that to you like last month that I'm trying to hire a bookkeeper. And I asked my accountant twice now for a recommendation I haven't heard back from him. My my accountant's not even very good. Like I need a new accountant.
2: I <laughs> Hope he's not listening to the podcast. <laughs>
3: No, he's not. He's old school, like military guy.
0: Well, it's cool that this bookkeeper specializes in people with online courses. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad you shared that on this podcast. All right. Next up, we have Screencast-O-Matic, which is more in the category that you thought Pick Snippets was, I think. Very similar to Loom, which may be a little more popular, but I personally like Screencast-O-Matic. And I use it to create... Records a video of your screen, and then it'll also record you at the same time. And I reply to emails with that. Like Half the emails I send probably are replied to with a video because personally, I'm just better at speaking than I am at typing. I think it's more efficient. I can explain things better. I use it for instructions for my contractors and employees. Sometimes it's just one-off instructions. Other times it's inst- instructions for repeatable processes that we're saving and they can always reference back to it if we need to. I've even used it to record material for courses and for YouTube videos as well. It's an invaluable tool for me. i uh, assuming that each of you are using something similar.
3: Yeah, I use Loom and for all those various things as well, Uh, recording YouTube videos, recording course videos, even ads. Like one of my really one of my good Facebook retargeting ads was basically just a Loom video that I recorded for like 20 minutes and awesome for having training videos. It's probably my favorite tool of all the tools I use favorite tool how about that yeah.
2: I mean I'm obsessed I use loom and I'm obsessed with it I just use the free version too and it's it's amazing like I use it for answering emails my team uses it for answering emails we use it for trainings I use it for like non-business things <laughs> like I just I use it for everything
3: one other thing I use it for is to funnel hack people so if I see like a really good ad that catches my attention and I want to click I'll just start recording before I click and then I'll click and go through the whole thing and just so I can go back later. And I added to a a separate folder in there, just like, Funnel hacks, or something it's called. I forget, but that's pretty good. That's
0: cool. a good idea. I've always done screenshots, but then I have to like scroll down and take another like images, still images. That's a good idea to do it in a video. Yeah. Guys, that is my list. The next thing I want to do is just kind of maybe go one person at a time around and I want you to throw out a tool that you use and find helpful and maybe why. Um, and we'll just keep going around until we run out of tools. So, Abby, why don't you start us off? Is there a yeah, tool you want to We
2: did mention? so many of them already, but. So, one that I like, which is it's just a Chrome extension, but it's called Sketch and it's for doing like picture. Screenshots. That's why I was asking about that. But I also like it because you can really easily like blur out information or create like a box around it or put an arrow towards something. And so Sketch is one that I really like.
0: If I were doing that, I would just hit print screen on my computer and paste it into paint and then do something. But I can't, there's no like blur tool or anything. So I think it's just a more efficient way to do that. Yeah, that it's
2: really say? simple. And then you can just drag the image into your files. Like it's, I really like it. I use it for testimonials. I mean, I have a Facebook group for my paid course. And one of the best ways that I get testimonials is when people post about like how they're doing in the course in there. And so we'll just grab a screenshot. And then if I want to use it right away, I can like blur out their name. But usually what I do is I send that screenshot to my VA and she asks them for permission to use the testimonial. I just like doing it that way better. And so, but yeah, I, I really like it.
0: That's cool. Nate? You know,
3: I don't use a whole lot of other fancy stuff, but I've got a couple more here. And one of them is Backblaze I use just to automatically back up my hard drive and my computer just for security in case this thing crashes. I got to keep that stuff protected.
0: So they back it up to the cloud for you? Yep. So what I'm using for that is called Backupify. Backupify.com. And what I do is I use the Google, I use G Suite, which is another tool that I love. And I use their sync tool to sync what's on my hard drive to my Google Drive. So there's never anything on my hard drive that's not also on my Google Drive. And then I use Backupify to then back up my Google Drive. So really, I've got things in three different places. I would be so lost if I lost like the contents of my Google Drive, you know? And it's like eight bucks a month for Backupify and it works. Are you doing any backups, Abby?
2: I, I'm not going to answer that question.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let me throw a tool out there. Have you guys heard of thanks.io? No. No. This is a new one for me. Uh, one of the recent podcast guests, Jonathan Levy, introduced me to it. And I think it's really, really cool. So what thanks.io does is it allows you to send what really looks like a handwritten postcard in the mail to anybody.
2: Oh, so we do wanna- that, but it's a different... It's, I forget the name of the one we use.
0: Yeah. So you can go in there and you can type up your message. They put it on a postcard. It's from you. It's to them. And it goes in the mail. And it's like ninety nine cents per postcard, including postage, to do. And so I've been sending it out as a way to thank you know guests of this podcast. And I'm trying to brainstorm other ways to send those out. And I was telling my wife about it. She's like, "Oh, that's cheating!" Like, you can't, I'm like, "What's really the difference? Like, it's actually coming from me. I'm going in there to type up the message." And um, how
3: do, how real does it look though? Like, do they? How do they get it to look like real ink?
0: They vary the weight of it. It's a handwriting font. They vary the spacing between letters and lines. It's pretty effective. But you, can you tell or not? I'll send you guys a thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> and then you okay. can tell me what you think. Okay.
2: How about this? Send one of us an actual handwritten That's card.
0: One Thanks, of you getting a real one. <laughs> That's, good. That's a good idea. So I thought that was a cool new tool that I've come across recently. Abby, we're back to you. What you got for us?
2: Okay, I use this is another free tool that I use, but teamup.com. So I use team up for all of my content planning. So when I'm planning out like what blog posts am I going to really or what events am I attending? Or what's like, when am I doing launches and all of that, I put it in a team up calendar. Because for me, Google Calendar is like where all of my appointments are and my day to day stuff. And it's visually just like, not very easy for me to see like what's happening on a month long view and so i use team up to really like plan out like what's actually happening this month and my team knows like okay what's happening this week let's look at team up like in our in our weekly team meetings we go to team up and see like what's happening this week what's happening this month what do we need to be prepping for next month
0: i think that's a tool like that's probably missing in my business is that similar to co schedule
2: Co schedule, that's actual like appointment setting, right?
0: No, co schedule, you may be thinking of schedule once. I think co schedule is a content planner. Okay. Which is, is that what this is? A content planner?
2: This honestly isn't. Like it's just, it's basically a shared calendar. So like multiple people can share one calendar. But what I use it for is, like I said, the content planning. So you can do like everything, you can assign different colors to different things. So I have a color for launches. I have a color for emails. I have a color for blog posts. And then so just I look at a month view and I can see really easily like when stuff is coming out. Very
0: cool. It says... I'm on their homepage. It says the shared calendar for groups. Yeah. There we go. Very nice. Nate, do you have any tools left on your list?
3: Well, I think this is like a really underrated one, but it's... Google Forms. I think people don't use take enough surveys of their audience just asking what products they should make for them, asking what they can do better, collecting testimonials. I love Google Forms and I send them off quite often. And when people join your list, you can ask them what, what you can help them with. Just so useful. It works every time. And there's like a little extension I use. I can't think of what it's called, but it'll email you whenever someone fills out your form too.
0: I don't disagree with you at all about the importance of asking for information like that, but Google Forms is so ugly, man. Oh, really? I use Typeform. I mentioned it earlier. I use Typeform for all of that. It's $35 a month, whereas Google Forms, I assume, is free. I'm segmenting people after they opt in for my email list. And then I also will, like when somebody comes on the podcast, send them a little survey after that. I have people apply to my high ticket coaching program, and that application is in Typeform as well. And I ran like the ask campaigns, like the Ryan Levesque ask method. Um, I did that for my entire email list a year or two ago. And I used typeform for that as well. I think we're using it for the same purposes. I just typeform I think is on one side of the spectrum in the way it looks and Google Forms is on the other end. Yeah. But you don't care about that stuff. Are you using yeah. any form software, Abby?
2: Yeah, I use typeform. Two against one. God. <laughs> it you guys is are pretty. Killing me.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot to be said for the price too. Because if you're just getting started, you know, I'd, I'd rather somebody use Google Forms than not use Forms at all, right? If you're on a shoestring budget, maybe you can work your way up to something like Typeform.
3: I'll work my way up there eventually.
0: <laughs> I'm going to throw one out here. I think you're using this one, Abby. Proof. UseProof.com. When you go to my opt in page for my workbook, there's a little widget that pops up at the bottom left that says, you know, John from Virginia downloaded the workbook 5 minutes ago and then that'll go away and then it'll say Betty from Arizona downloaded the workbook 12 minutes ago it'll keep cycling out and it's just a way to add social proof to your website you can also add that to like sales pages and say to have people like you know bought it or webinar registration pages where it says somebody you know registered for the webinar and it's just a way when somebody's visiting that page to show that other people are doing that same thing and you should do it too
2: yeah I love proof. Now I've only used it for the sales. It's like on my to-do list to put it for my opt-ins, but I just haven't done it. We usually just buy proof. We just do the monthly and we buy it during like the month that I'm launching and then we stop it and then we buy it again when we launch again. But I've heard a couple of people say that they use it for opt-ins and that it works really well. So I want to experiment with it. I just haven't taken the time to actually do it yet.
0: Yeah, I like it for opt-ins. Abby, yeah. you're up.
2: I'm up. Okay. So we use Help Scout for our email management. So when people you know, respond back to my emails or just email our hello at or support at we use help scout to manage all of that. And I really, really like it. You can have a couple of different users. So people from my team are in there, you can do templates, you can write notes about what's going on. So if somebody emails in and they have a question about they have a question that my VA can't answer, she can put a note on it, drop it in my box, I can respond, drop it back in her box before she responds to the person. And you know, those notes, the person doesn't see. So if you're like forwarding back and forth between inboxes, and then that gets sent to you, it's not like, why is this person being crazy? (laughs) Or whatever, I don't know. But I, I really, really like Help Scout. That's been a big one, especially the templates. I mean, it's just like one click templates. And then you can kind of customize them, of course, but that's helped for some of like our longer responses that we get all the time.
0: Right now, if let's say there's an email or support request that my assistant can't handle 100% by herself, she'll like star it in my inbox, and then we'll communicate externally about it. So it sounds like this Help Scout would just be a little more efficient system to do things like that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it definitely... It's one of those things that there's a free way to do it. And then there's a way that's simpler and easier and prettier and better but it costs money. So it's kind of like, we get a lot of emails. So for me, it was worth it to upgrade to something. And I've, again, I've had a lot of luck with it. We also, you can do, you can see response time. So as far as like KPIs go, like my VA can say, "Hey, we like I responded to all emails within twenty-four hour window, or whatever." Or and then they do like happiness ratings, so people after you answer an email can give you like a little happiness score, like how was, like how did you feel about responding? And so my VA is always like really excited when it's like, "Oh, I've had a hundred percent happiness score for the past three weeks, or whatever." So I like that.
0: Very nice, Nate. Do you have any left on your list? Uh, yeah,
3: I just recently. Told you I was gonna sign up for Premiere Pro on the cloud. I went to do that and I just like searched real quick to see if there was any free things that are free video editing that's really good because my video editing is very simple that I do. And I found one called DaVinci Resolve and I tried it out and I really liked it. It was like intuitive. I didn't have to like get trained. I already knew how to use it. Very similar to Premiere Pro and it was free. And I edited a video and it was easy and I think it'll do everything I need to do.
0: There's no watermark on the free version? No. Very nice. Yeah. In that same category, I'm really excited about that. I have something I have set up that previous podcast guest mentioned, episode 98, Jason Dion, when he's talking about outsourcing to the Philippines. I set up a remote workstation, just like he described, basically this remote gaming PC and installed the Adobe suite on that computer so that when you have people outside the United States working for you and doing video editing for you, you don't have to worry about their internet connection and getting these large uh, video files to them and then back to you. So I have that computer all set up. It's really, really slick. And I'm going to have somebody start working on that here really soon. That service is called Shadow.Tech. What was the name of that video editor again, Nate? DaVinci Resolve. Cool. We'll put it on the list. All these, you know, we'll put all these links and and everything in the show notes. This will probably be the most extensive list of links in the show notes we've had so far. I've got about three more that are worth mentioning here. Let's throw out there Trustpilot. So I don't know if you guys are using any like third party review systems or software. This is one I've been using for a couple of years. And what happens is on day 31 after you buy my course, you'll get an invitation to review Piano in 21 days. I just do it on day 31 because of the 30 day refund policy. And then a lot of people do go in and review it. And now, if you Google piano in 21 days review, that's either the first or second result. And there's 350 reviews there. It's, I think, probably about a 9.2 out of 10 currently. So a lot of five stars, a lot of four stars, got maybe two one stars, which is really aggravating. So that's really cool to have a place that I can point people to that's like not on piano in 21 days.com for reviews. But the other thing that Trustpilot does for me is it allows me to have stars next to my website in Google organic um, search results, as well as Google ads as well. But if, if you Google certain terms and you see my website, sometimes it will have the 9.2 out of 10 there listed by mine. And you know if you type in how to play piano and you see my site and pianolessons.com and another site and mine has some stars there and theirs doesn't, I'm going to get a higher click-through rate.
2: That's really cool.
0: So there's several services out there that do that. That's just the one that I use is trustpilot.com for that.
2: We use Slack for all of our team communication. I mean, I love Slack. How, team? How many people? I have five full-time wow. employees.
0: Can you do video communication, video chatting through Slack? Or is it just the yeah, channels we, and the...
2: You can, but we use Zoom. I mean, Zoom is just way better. And we, we have to use Zoom for other things anyways. So
0: yeah. Why Slack over other?
2: I mean, really... All we need it for is because we have separate like project management tools. So it's really just a place for us to get quick answers. Like we, the team has Slack on all day, all the time. So we can get quick answers back and forth to each other and share files. And I think it's a big just like community thing. I mean, we have like a celebrate. Slack channel and a random funny things Slack channel. And so we just have that on all the time. And so we're definitely a big family and just like, you know, are making jokes back and forth and celebrating things with each other on that little private Slack channel.
0: Now I've heard Slack can get expensive. Are you able to do this with the free plan? Are you paying for
2: it? Yeah, we just do the free plan. Because I mean, the upgraded plan, as far as I know, it gives you the ability to like see like really old messages. And... We don't really need that. Like if I need something that's not in the current thread. I actually did this today. One of my girls had a funny picture of her son standing on top of her desk, like throwing markers everywhere while she was trying to get work done. And I'm going to put it in one of my upcoming blog posts. And I went, I was like trying to find the picture. And I'm like, I just should ask her for it again. Cause it's probably too far back for me to be able to find it. Like I can search conversations, which is cool. Like if somebody told me something and I can go back and search for it. But I was like, this is probably too far back. I'll just ask her for it again. So yeah, we just use the free version.
3: Well, you mentioned in the very beginning, but we ever webinar, I use that. And that's pretty fundamental to my business. That's the evergreen webinar. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Great.
0: It's actually, you know, I use it too. It's it's not as simple as the way Abby has it set up. You know, she just yeah, embeds no. a video on a, on a lead page.
3: No, but it's, it's a lot of those, simpler. Th- it's one of those things where once you get it set up, you don't really have to do much. But if you do change it, then it screws the whole thing up and they don't tell you that. So that's kind of an issue. I wish there was a better competitor to that same thing. But yeah, eventually I might just go video on a landing page. Seems like that's where a lot of people are kind of moving towards.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are going there. I had Bailey shirt on here recently, and she swears by a combination of ClickFunnels and Deadline Funnel, very similar to the way that Abby Ashley has it set up.
3: Yeah, I think the Ever webinar really does feel like a live one to a lot of people. But younger people, they're just like more used to it. They don't see it. They see it more often and they probably doesn't trick them as much or whatever. But older people, it's like a new thing. And it's still like, whoa, this feels like a real thing. But it's kind of trickery. So it's sleazy too, in a way. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's Every webinar. There.
0: All right. Next one I'll mention is Stunning. Stunning.co allows me to have emails automatically go out to people when their payments fail or when their credit card on file is going to expire before the next payment. So that's a really cool way to automate it. Before I used Stunning, Stripe didn't have any anything like that and people's payment would just fail and I wouldn't really know about it. So I like Stunning. If you log into their dashboard, it shows me like how much money they've recovered for me over the past couple of years. And I think it's several thousand dollars. Do you guys do anything for uh, failed payments?
2: I hired a service to do it and... It cost a lot of money. And I was like, I feel like we could do this in-house for a little cheaper. And so we ended up just paying somebody like a, I don't know, like a fifth of what we were paying those people, just a monthly VA that just goes in and she handles all of our like payment failures. So she sends emails, but then she also does all the follow-up. If there's back and forth or if someone's like really having like a hard time with their payment plan, sometimes we will be like, hey, what if we just push your payment back? Like 30 more days. And we'll do that occasionally if somebody's like, we really feel like this person wants to be in the course and they're giving us kind of the true story. Or do you want to cancel now? Or do you want to push it back 30 days and see if you can, you know, recoup that? And so that has helped our refund rate a lot, kind of having that personal touch.
0: What do you think about having a way to, for those first emails, when the failure happens, having that email be able to go out automatically?
2: Yeah, that's a really good idea. So I wrote down go. <laughs>
0: And Nate, remind me how you're doing that? Uh, Well, my customer
3: support person was doing it. They're not anymore because I don't have a customer support person anymore.
0: You're really bummed about that too. Yeah, I am. You brought that <laughs> up several times. <laughs> if anybody out there is listening, looking for a job. Nate's hiring. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm good.
0: All right. So that was mine. Abby, do you have any left on your list?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I have a couple like Instagram apps that I use, but I'm not even like really big into Instagram or any of that. So I don't think if any of them are really worth mentioning. Do you
3: use like a content scheduling app or service?
2: No, right now we use Trello, like kind of as our project management system. We're actually transitioning to ClickUp. I don't know how I feel about it, but my whole team wants to do it. And I'm kind of resisting it. But I said, I'm going to try it and see. And so we use that for project management. And so I have like a daily checklist that populates every day of like, Here are the things I need to do basically in like the first hour of my day. I post something. I try to post something every day. And so I don't pre-schedule it. I don't any of that. I just, it probably would make more sense to do that. But right now it's just kind of like, oh, what am I thinking about today? Or what's going on today? And, And that's what I post about. So I just automatically post something usually to like my Facebook page, my Facebook group. And sometimes I'll throw it on Instagram too.
0: I'm not using any project management software. I've heard you mention ClickUp before. Why are they pushing you to move to that?
2: I really like Trello because it has like different checklists and these cards where you can keep everything organized and you can assign different tasks to people. Clickup is more where it kind of automates things a little bit. So let's say, you know, for us to post a new YouTube video every week, I need to record the video and then the video needs to get edited and then we write a blog post and then somebody needs to do the images for the blog post. And it's actually a lot of different people, a lot of different hands. That are involved in that process. And so, what ClickUp will do will notify you when, you know, Bethany finished the blog post. So she's clicked that ding, ding, ding. Now it's time for Becky to make the images or whatever. And so it kind of notifies you in all of that. So, that's pretty much my knowledge of ClickUp right now. Like, I have not dove in, but I know people love it. And so, I'm going to try it and see. See what my opinion is on
0: it. I'm doing the same thing with just spreadsheets right now. When somebody finishes a task, they mark it green, and then you know the next person down the line. But that sounds yeah. like a, a way better way I know, to do things. You and when... your
2: spreadsheets, Jack. I,
0: <laughs> I know it's 2019. Maybe I can try something else. But if somebody, if people can get notified when their tasks are, or if they can log into a dashboard and see all their outstanding tasks, I think that's probably more a better way to do it than what I'm doing now. I might have to check it out.
2: I think you know I would check out ClickUp. I would check out Trello, and I would check up. Uh, process. It's P-R-O-E-S-S dot D, I think, or not dot D. I don't remember just look up processed, but I think it doesn't have an E in it. Um, But those all kind of do similar things, but any of them are going to be a learning curve. Like I was actually just, I did everything on spreadsheets and I still actually do a lot of things on spreadsheets. So it's funny that I make fun of you, but, (laughs) and I was so resistant to Trello and now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't live without Trello. And now my team's making me change again. So
0: (laughs) Nate, do you have any other tools you want to mention before I get to this last one?
2: I like
3: Doodle Poll. Like if you're meeting with multiple people, sending a Doodle Poll. And then I do want to mention, I want to get weird for a second and mention this. Um, my to-do list is not an app or a tech tool. It's this miniature notebook here that I get from Baron Fig. It's called the Vanguard Pocket Dateless Planner Set. And I ended up on his site from a, like James Clear sent me there to like look at one of his journals or something. And I found these little things. And I've had so much trouble, like sticking with a to-do list system, my whole life. And finally, I've stuck with these for over a year now. You know, I'm not the most productive person, so take it with a grain of salt. But it works for me. I, I love them.
0: Abby, you're seriously not going to make fun of them for the notebook, and you made fun of me for the spreadsheets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Nate as well as I know you.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for you to chime in. Thanks, Nate. And what was the tool you mentioned before? That Doodle something? I missed Doodle poll. What do you use that for?
3: Uh, If I'm meeting with multiple people, like we use it for our mastermind meetings in my microgreens, not the ones that you're involved with, but for the microgreens mastermind meetings, we use that to get everyone on the the same place at the same time.
0: Oh, that's when you have multiple people. You're trying to schedule multiple people. Hey, I should have used that to schedule you two guys. I told you to. Yeah. And you ignored me. (laughs) <laughs> sounds, sounds like normal, man. All right. So look, the yep. last one, uh, and I'm joking, obviously. The <laughs> last one I want to mention is, is something I'm not actually just yet using, but I'm going to be trying it out this week. I'm really excited about the possibility here, especially for this audience. There's an app out there called Members Pro. And what it promises to do is it allows you to turn your online course into an app as easily as possible. So before I came across this, I knew that if I wanted to have, say, a piano in 21 days app, I'd have to go hire a developer, probably spend five, $10,000 to get it done. That has just not even been close to being worth it up until now. So, you know, I had a meeting with the developer of this app. In fact, I think Nate, you were on that meeting as well, and <laughs> he made it sound like it works well and it does that. So I'll be trying that out. And if it works, that's going to be really exciting because if you can fairly easily make an app from a course. That's cool. I think every course creator would love to have an app if it's practical. Pretty yeah. Cool. yeah. And I think right now it works for ClickFunnels and for one Thinkific. other, maybe Thinkific. Yeah. Thinkific. And they're, they're working on the others as well. So I'll keep the list, you guys and the listeners of the podcast.
3: I thought he said teachable too, honestly.
0: Maybe so. Maybe so. But yeah. I'm hopefully going to be trying that out later this week and cross my fingers that it goes well. Guys, this has been fun. I love tools. Any others that you feel compelled to mention?
2: I don't think so. I think this is a good list.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a really
3: good list. I don't like tools though. I will say that.
0: <laughs> I really appreciate you guys joining me for this. It's been fun chatting with you. And uh, thinking back to the beginning of this conversation, I don't know that I did a great job really introducing you guys. I mean, you've been on before, but why don't we to wrap this up? I want you guys to tell who you are and what you do as far as online courses go and where people can find your stuff online. So why don't you kick us off with that, Abby? Yeah.
2: So I'm Abby Ashley, founder of The Virtual Savvy. I teach aspiring virtual assistants how to launch their business from scratch. I have two signature courses. One is the Savvy System. That's a step-by-step guide to teach people how to become a virtual assistant using the skills they already have. Then I also have a membership site called Savvy Vault. And every single month we release a new tech course. So most of the tech tools that we used here, you're like, I would have no idea how to use those. It's a $37 a month cancel anytime membership that you can uh, jump in and learn different tech tools. And it's really geared for virtual assistants and online creatives.
0: And if I could uh, drop in a quick testimonial there, I know my wife's sister... She married a, a guy in the military. So they're constantly moving around and she hasn't been able to, to find work because they're only in places like six months at a time. And so she actually took your course, Abby, and she's got her business set up and she's got clients. I think they're in Hawaii now. And so I know she's had a very good experience with the course. So if anybody's listening that, um, is either interested in that or more likely knows somebody, you know, has a kid, brother, nephew, niece interested in getting into virtual work, being a virtual assistant, then that's definitely the go-to place. So check out Abby's course. Nate, who are you? Yeah,
3: my website is microgreensfarmer.com and teach people how to grow and sell microgreens for a living, which is basically like a miniature little vegetable that you can chefs use for garnishes. And it's a health food. They're super fun to grow. You can grow uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth in a tiny room in your house. And uh, it's pretty easy, fun business to get into. And if people want to learn more about me, I was on like several of the first episodes you had, probably like the first 20 or something like that. So they could always go back and listen to those too.
0: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That's a wrap on the conversation about tools with Nate and Abby. David, welcome back. Now it's time for me and you to talk about tools and what we just heard. So We're not going to recap everything or anything like that, but what are maybe one, two, three of the tools that we mentioned that you are either using in love, using in hate, or didn't know about and maybe are going to look into?
1: Well, I'd say deadline funnel. I was super excited when Nate said that it's easy to set up. I mean, I know he doesn't like technology very much, but I haven't used deadline funnel and I thought that one would be really complicated and like have a huge learning curve. And for him to say that it's easy, that like made my day. You were mentioned in that Jack Bournes just gave a ton of value. And in this current launch, I did, he had some piece of advice where he said, take a screen capture where somebody asks if they can join the course after the deadline. And so I put that into my current launch where. You know, when there's like five hours left for somebody to purchase, they get an email that has this screen capture where somebody the first time around said, hey, can I join the course? And I was like, you know, there was a deadline there. So yeah, I love that. You know, I Nate loves Loom. And I have to say, like, you know, I know that you like screencast-o-matic, but the thing about Loom is that it has the webcam view as circular. And uh, from an aesthetic perspective, I can see where somebody would switch to Loom just to have that circle because I think that circle looks really beautiful. So... Those are a couple of things that jumped out to me.
0: Yeah, it's minor details between the two of them. Screencast-O-Matic versus Loom. They're very similar. I have used and paid for both at the same time. I used both for about a four-month stretch because I really wanted to figure out which one I like better. And I like Screencast-O-Matic better. I think it works better. I like the features better. I don't disagree that maybe a circle is better than a rectangle, but overall, I, like, I found that I like Screencast-O-Matic. So I canceled my Loom subscription and that's the one I'm going with. Got it. And as far as Deadline Funnel, yeah, I mean, you know that I'm a huge fan of it. And I forgot that Jack had said that in the episode when he came on the podcast about having a screenshot of the of somebody asking to get in and your response to it. That's a great tip. And by the way, for those maybe you're new to the podcast, that was episode 96, where we had the creator of Deadline Funnel, Jack Board, come on. And it was a super value-packed episode. So those were kind of the couple that jumped out at you, David?
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm using ClickFunnels based on your recommendation. And that was an interesting discussion. I mean, certainly that idea of like taking a bunch of separate services doesn't appeal to me at all. I know the discussion about ClickFunnels is that it has maybe this inferior user experience for an actual course member. But I mean, I got to say, like, I've taken a course through Udemy, Teachable, Kajabi now, and I've taken like three ClickFunnels courses personally. And I mean, I think the question you have to ask is like, is the user experience worse enough that somebody would not recommend the course to a friend? So let's say somebody takes your course in ClickFunnels. Is that experience like so bad that they would, if they love your course, they would not tell their friend about it? And it's like, no, I mean, it's good enough. So I like ClickFunnels.
0: That's an interesting perspective. And it also depends on what you consider a good versus bad user experience because it gets the job done. There's modules, there's lessons, you can put videos in there. It's just simple, and there's not as many features as some of the other platforms out there but it works. I have over 3,500 people in my piano course. Nobody's ever complained about the user experience inside of there. Any courses that I have for the online course guy side of my business are in ClickFunnels. All of Nate's courses are in ClickFunnels. There's plenty of very successful course creators out there that use the membership side of ClickFunnels. While we're talking about ClickFunnels, I haven't actually talked about kind of my offer as it relates to ClickFunnels in a few episodes. And I'd like to do that because people are getting a lot of value with what I have to offer as I mentioned in this episode, talking to Nate and Abby, it's probably my top recommended tool for course graders because it does so much, right? It does the order forms. It does the funnels. It's a great landing page builder. You can process payments. And then of course, you can have the membership site. It does so many different things and it's you know 97 bucks a month. And so uh, they also treat their affiliates well. And it's one of the top products that I recommend as an affiliate. And a lot of people have signed up using my link. And when somebody does sign up using my link for ClickFunnels, here's everything that I give you in return as a thank you for using my link, but also to help you get started on the right foot and get all the proper templates and tools and things that you need. So when you sign up for ClickFunnels using my affiliate link, I'm going to give you my membership site template. So that's the exact membership site, like online course for Piano in 21 Days that I use that has over 3,500 members in it. You'll get that exact template. You can import it right into your ClickFunnels account and build your course using my template. You'll get my templates for all of my top three sales funnels for online courses. So that's the webinar funnel, product launch formula funnel, the basic phone funnel, or VSL funnel, whatever you want to call it. You'll get a template for a full website that I've actually used for Piano in 21 Days. And I've seen my template more and more places out there because it's available for sale in the marketplace as well. I've seen my exact website template randomly out there. I'm like, oh, I know where you got that. You'll get my order forms templates, and then you'll get a, about a 60-minute course called ClickFunnels for Course Creators. And as a course creator, how to get into ClickFunnels, how to navigate around, use it, and make the most of it as a course creator. So you get all that for free when you sign up using my link. Just go to theonlinecourseguide.com and click on tools at the top, and then you'll see ClickFunnels right there. Or you can go to theonlinecourseguidecom slash all right. So David, next I want to provide an update on a few of the things that we had talked about because I recorded that episode or that conversation a couple of weeks ago. So a couple of weeks have passed. And one I want to mention is Abby mention a service called evolvedfinance.com it's a bookkeeper that she uses and highly recommended nate was interested in it and i got an update from nate this morning he has signed up with them he is very impressed by them so far he was especially impressed by their overall onboarding process he said it's just seamless they clearly know what they're doing he's really excited about that so if anybody's in need of a bookkeeper so far so good according to nate and of course according to abby
1: so one question about that, like why wouldn't Nate just set up FreshBooks exactly like you have it set up?
0: Well, I've been trying to get Nate to do that for a while. But as you know, Nate is not as like, he's not as left brained as me, right? He's not an engineer, not big into math, numbers, analytics, process of setting that up and maintaining it is just not something he wants to do at all. And so I think he's a perfect candidate for something like this service. And I'm not a bookkeeper. I'd like to think that this is pretty simple stuff, but I'm not opposed to signing up for a service like this one day so that I don't have to worry about it. And I know that everything is done right. And I'm not just assuming I'm doing everything right.
1: Got it. So I got to ask, has Nate told you what his big idea is?
0: Uh, Yes and no, David. Yeah, I forgot that he had mentioned that he's got kind of a new idea that he's really excited about. He's working on it. He hasn't shared all the details with me. And I don't think he's ready for me to kind of spill the beans on that yet. But uh, I know when Nate is excited about something, there's nothing that's going to hold him back from making it a reality. So I'm sure we'll find out soon what that is. A couple more tools that I just want to mention quickly since talking on the episode in the conversation, I have signed up for ClickUp and we're starting to use that as me and my team are starting to use ClickUp. So far, so good, but there's a lot to learn. So I can keep people posted on that as like a project and task management solution. And I mentioned thanks.io, which allows you to send kind of handwritten looking postcards. And that's I think that's really cool. And that's going while I'm using that. So those are just some of my updates since having the conversation. Uh, David, anything else worth mentioning from the conversation about tools?
1: I don't think so. I mean, there's a couple tools that you guys didn't mention that I do think are really valuable. Canva, I think that you're the one that actually recommended that to me, but for designing anything, Canva is super valuable. And I know a lot of course creators are doing presentation slides. And so log into Canva and just search presentation slides and you can get these whole, you know, it's like a instead of PowerPoint. And then another thing that I discovered when I was making my course, I really wanted to just up level my presentations. And if you get a current version of PowerPoint, If you type in a portion and a couple bullet points and add a picture, and then you click design ideas, like PowerPoint will make this beautiful presentation or beautiful slide for you. Really impressive. So that was something that I used in my course creation process. Um The one other thing I know that you recommended Premiere Pro, but I ended up going with Filmora based on a friend's recommendation. I don't know. It was just described as being simple, super user friendly, and it was $70 for a lifetime uh, license. And so I've been thrilled with Filmora. So if anybody's PC based and looking for uh, a cheaper, simpler editor, that could be a good one.
0: That is a great recommendation because that is a much lower price point than Camtasia or especially Premiere Pro. So people need to check out the different options and figure out what's going to work best for them. And then Canva. Yeah. I mean, I use Canva all the time. I'm surprised that I didn't mention it in the conversation. In fact, you know, just to give an example, the podcast art for this podcast, like I did that myself in Canva and wouldn't know how to do that in any other tool, but Canva makes things like that so, so easy. So thanks for bringing those up as well, David. Sure. So look, that's going to do it. Thank you, David, for joining me on another episode. Thanks to Abby and Nate for coming on on the conversation. And thanks to you out there for listening. If you want to check out any of the notes from today's episodes, and of course, the links, if you're like, oh, what was that one tool that that Jacques mentioned or that Abby mentioned? I don't remember what it was called. We're going to have all the links and everything you can find at the show notes by going to the slash 108 eight, because this is episode 108. So thanks again for listening to another episode of the online course show. Remember, if this is your first time, make sure to jump back and listen to episode 89 for the online courses 101 episode. And if you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again, and we'll talk next week.